Welcome to another Nine Circles audio thing. As always, I'm your host, Buke, and it is January 2024. And our album of the month this time is Suffer and Become by Vitriol. A nice, pleasant, happy little album to kick the year off. As always, I have assembled the best writers in the, the heavy metal review game, and I have assembled them right now, and I will introduce them as they appear on my video screen left to right. First up, Hera, how are you tonight? Uh, would you believe me if I told you that we are currently having a flood warning over here on this side of the state? You know, Hera, I was on Reddit last night and I saw flash flood warnings for almost all of California. And I know why they need to put them in place, but isn't it also at the same time? Aren't you guys like, bring them on, bring them on, please? Because we don't have you the need structure. the rains, right? Yeah, but we don't have the structure to deal with floods. And so um, as we have seen on the news already, there's been a couple accidents with one car oh. being already overturned. So um, oh, stay home, kids. Yeah. Stay home, listen to a podcast. We have previous episodes, but if you're hearing this, then you're already home. Congratulations. Safe. Is... If you're hearing this, you have electricity. <laughs> uh, but you are safe. All your friends and family, everybody's safe. Yep. I am Good. safe. High and dry. Well, mm -hmm. to uh, somebody who was looking high and dry, he could have been soaking, sopping wet earlier. If he had dogs that he would have to walk, but he has cats. So he's high and dry. Vince. How are you tonight, sir? I am doing good. Uh, in in scientific terms, uh, it is pissing down rain right now. Um, <laughs> but it don't bother me. Don't bother me none. It don't bother you none. Well, Vince, we'll glad see how you have... that holds up tomorrow if it continues to piss down rain and I have to commute to work. But <laughs> same, it's supposed to piss down rain. The it is in fact supposed next... to continue pissing down rain for most of this week. Yep, and Smile. then Thursday. And there are another, and there's another storm. So um, uh -huh. that's great. Well, you know, I guess I all my YouTube content of bodies. What's it from Lake Mead and random lakes showing up on YouTube? People hiking around. You know, as the lakes have been receding, they're like, "Oh, there's a body in that barrel over there. We found. Oh, there's that over there. Oh, there's an old hmm. boat over there. We never found. Oh, there's a treasure chest over here. We found. There's been a bunch right. of things." There's been a bunch of things showing up in uh, lakes that have been receding in these YouTube rabbit holes I've gone down. So that's that just that just signals to me that our YouTube experiences are very different. <laughs> I use YouTube for watching cooking videos and Tekken character guides exclusively, like absolutely nothing else except and and music videos. I guess I watch. My wife has got me on a bunch of uh, true crime documentaries, so. Um, I'm down that rabbit hole now. Uh, somebody else who is, uh, who could be soaking, sopping wet, but, uh, he is high and dry at least right now. Colin, how are you tonight, sir? I'm all right. I am dreading going into work tomorrow because of this rain, uh, working at a water testing, uh, uh, 
laboratories not the most fun thing during rainy weather especially yeah. when your boss is gone all week for surgery meaning you are the boss so so yeah um are you mr not, manager yep yep i'm mr manager for at least three days so yeah we'll see how that goes not looking forward to it but gonna enjoy tonight you know it's one of those things when everybody says damn it's almost like somebody had the foresight to uh know that this was gonna happen to take take the leave yep great double whammy <laughs> Angela, you are here on the Sunday. How are you tonight? I certainly am here. <laughs> <laughs> um, our, our YouTube experiences are similar, Buke. I could tell you that much. Um, but yeah, things are things are good. It's like 40 degrees here, so we're in a heat wave, and it's great. Good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I just saw you guys the other night for game night, so it's nice seeing you oh, again. Yeah. And... I saw him the other day when we did a killer interview. It will be coming on the podcast soon. Uh, it's a secret, but big, that was big Ian. things coming soon. TM Ian, how it's are you tonight? This one, so yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I Ian's say, come come down yet. So no, I am still riding that high. Yeah, Angela's right. If we put them out sequentially, then you already know that Buke and I interviewed uh, Nick Shingelis from Job for a Cowboy, which was a uh, personal highlight of mine because i've been a huge fan of that band and his playing for such a long time and he is uh a fucking gentleman he is such a, a cool and uh i had a lot of fun talking to him i hope he was sincere when he said he had a lot of fun talking to us um, yes and uh we gave him an idea for something that hopefully when, yeah, it, when we can that actually, hopefully when we can talk about it it yeah, will come out so that hopefully. actually has to be secret because yes. we did actually learn some insider information from him that is not supposed to be released to the public yet so um, it's like insider trading if we were to we, mention we, it we may be breaking into the youtube shorts game or the the tiktok <laughs> game that's all I'm going to say about that. Yep, that's all we're going to say. So, my friends, before we kick it off into talking about Vitriol and their album Suffer and Become, our album of the month that came out through Century Media, I wanted to ask you all here, and I'm putting, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but that's what I do. Are there any leftovers, holdouts, anything you may have missed from last year going through lists? I, I, was, you I thought just... you were asking about the contents of my fridge. Like, no, there... we, we ate all of our leftovers today like good people. Is there, okay, are there any musical I did have leftovers? Some, I had some fire carnitas tacos for lunch today with leftovers, so. Ooh, well, but are there any leftovers that we left left out that you wanted to maybe mention and throw out there that you wanted to get out there from our year-end I wrote a whole fucking article about this. There you go, Ian. <laughs> I have 10 of them. I don't have the time to list them yep. all out, but you can find my yearly missed connections posts live on the site as of exactly. the 1st of February. Uh, and there are nine albums and one EP that I fucked up and forgot about. And they're right there. I wanted to give a uh, shout out. Hera had mentioned this album, and I don't think I mentioned it on the pod. I'm, I may have. But Kalma, their self-titled album that came out last year, this was a band I used to be really big into, really big. When they released their seventh Swamphony album back in 2013, I was a huge fan of. Now Kalma re re returned. They're back again. 
just a great melodic death album. I missed that. I wanted to mention that. Um, I totally forgot that one. I really should have listened to that because I like that band. Yeah, it's it's good, buddy. And I think I mentioned it. I'm not sure, but I do want to mention it again because it is a really killer album. Uh, Sliosis, a sign of things to come. Uh, These guys have really, really hammered it home Uh, as a true heavy metal band. Those guys are really good. So uh, I wanted to get those out there, and I wanted to give the floor to anybody here if you missed anything, forgot anything. Um, but we will get into our album of the month. So Vit- Vitriol, a band that comes with grit, aggression, like a Navy SEAL raid out for Osama bin Laden. They are coming in guns a blazing. They are ready. This album... Ian, take it, buddy. I was gonna say this is uh this is what people refer to when they talk about scaring the hose music. This is one hundred percent scaring the hose music. Um if you if you ain't down, if you ain't about that life, man, you are gonna get hit like a fucking Mack truck. You yeah. are going to get run the fuck over. Um Yeah, there are there are parts of this album that I think border on what I would call comically heavy. Yeah. Stupid like, dumb shit heavy. Guitars that are tuned so low that the sound that they make actually makes me like laugh out loud a little because it just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, these these are a these these guys are from Portland. They this is now as I'm putting it up right here, this is their second full length. Our very own Josh Stewart, I know he turned me on to them. I'm sure he may have turned some members on here on to them as Josh, well. Yeah, Josh is our resident vitriol evangelist. Yep. He was huge on their debut album, To Bathe, from the th- the throat of cowardice. He was huge on that album. That was a great debut back in 2019. So this yes, released it, in 2024. Yes, it was. Um, it, I, it's I, wild, I, Ian. Yeah. Re- re- really quick, I said... Did you believe that was 2019? That seems like that was a year or two ago. My my experience with I I I heard of vitriol because of random YouTube recommendation. So thank you, algorithm, putting these guys on. Um, and then their debut came out, and I experienced that album in a way that I think they would appreciate, which is it I I chose to save the moment to listen to it for after. We had gone to a white elephant Christmas party and just, you know, the rules of the game mixed with a little bit of miscalculations on my part. I ended up with uh, uh, bath salts and a bottle of champagne as my uh, my white elephant gift. And I was like, all right, well, this clearly wasn't meant for me, but I'm going to take advantage of it. So, hey, hey we, we bath- were talking, hey, Ian, prior to hitting the record button, we were talking about Florida. Down in Florida, they call that a fr- Friday night. Hell yeah, right? baby. It was amazing. <laughs> I I threw on Vitriol's debut, popped a bottle of champagne, and took a peony-scented bath, and it was fucking awesome. Uh, I was going to say, I think wrong kind of bath salts. Yeah, yeah, I, was, I was talking about the old, like, eating strangers' faces off oh, bath salts. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That, that, would be, that wouldn't be ironic. That would be highly appropriate. This album does feel like you're on bath salts when you, when you listen to it. It is, you know, Ian, you, you, quit, you, know, you, you start talking about how brutal this is, and, and we all talk about it. You know, this is an album that I think when, when, when people 
talk about heavy metal and we talk about our love for it. I think this is what outsiders think of when yes. they when they try and describe metal. This it, is what they hear when all in their you heads. listen to is stuff that's on the radio. Uh, like this is what you imagine all heavy metal sounds like. <laughs> this is what Taylor <laughs> Swift fans would call screamo. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. This is what my dad would call vampire music. <laughs> so again, this album again came out January 26th. Um, who, who's, who went into this album that this was their first time hearing the band? Anybody here for the first time? Okay. Colin. Okay. Colin and Vince our resident black metal guys. Colin, I want, I'm curious. What were your thoughts of vitriol suffering be become? Well, so I haven't listened to Tekto for quite a long time. Like I used to be really into it about 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, early college years. Um, so this is coming back to Tekto after a very long time. And I'm like, I do, I don't love it. It's not my thing, but I definitely appreciate what they're going for. Like there's a number of, you know, uh, they're kind of throwing everything at but the kitchen sink in with this in terms of like, you know, <laughs> death metal characteristics. You've got some of the symphonics elements. I like the symphonic stuff, like, because they don't throw it in all the time. It's not like they're doing a flesh god apocalypse thing, kind of like that, like an overly symphonic <laughs> death metal. Or a, or a septic flesh. Yeah, yeah. But because um, they just kind of like the symphonic elements just sort of enhance the sound and rather than be overly bombastic. Um, I'm. I'm guessing what Vince might have been referring to in the like almost laughable parts. I'm what I've referred to as the like rattling sheet metal guitars. That's what it that, sounds like to me. One, like, yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> especially on that part on Flowers of Sadism, where it's like, did they mix this right? Like, is this, I, was it meant to sound I like this? I can't even begin <laughs> to think about what that low string is tuned to. Like, at some point, we are we are approaching a threshold where Big Bottom is just going to be real. From yeah. If anyone is familiar with the Spinal Tap gag, where they're <laughs> all on stage playing basses of different varieties, like, that's just what death metal's going to become. Everybody's going to be playing bass, and the bass player's going to have, like, an eight string yeah uh they play on for it a four string bass and a six string guitar too so what does that tell you the five string bass i think no not not in some of the playthroughs that i watched maybe in some of the playthroughs that i watched well kyle plays a six string he's got yeah that i'm I'm aware of that and it's got to be a baritone of some sort because you just that thing would be flopping around crazy style tension would be like a slinky yeah, it'd it be, be like so it'd be like a hit, loose. like like thwacking a rubber band. Yeah, but I know his he likes to play around with the whammy bar a lot for uh, tones and such. So I imagine if you hear the sheet metal sound, that's literally just like the string clanking against the fretboard because he dive bombed real hard. Yeah, yeah, Colin, I will never be able now to not see a band up on stage with like a big sheet. Like, yeah if you had told me that what that was that that's what that was i would say i wouldn't have second guessed it it'd be like yeah of course they're using sheet metal just <laughs> whacking that against their fretboard or whatever but um yeah i like i mean there's i guess we you've got some of the more like more like what i was listening to uh in my like tech death years the like in necrophages influence like the like the arpeggiated sweeps and like you know just doing insane mouths of arpeggios you've got some of that which is cool you've got like Almost, I mean, I guess the sheet metal stuff kind of sound, would maybe fall under this as well, but there's like almost 
almost slam type stuff, which I guess I'm not as much of a, you know, death metal guy, but like, I guess the, the line between brutal death metal and slam death metal might get kind of blurry depending on like the drumming style. And, you know, slam is obviously like, you know, it's like the new metal of death metal in that it's like simple it, and just dumb guy stuff. But is it slamming brutal death metal or is it brutal slamming death metal? Right. I, th- I, th- I think it's blackened slam doom. There you go. Yeah, well, I was, and you mentioned Blacken. Like, there is, you know, kind of like in the vein of the, maybe the last few cattle decapitation albums, or even like, you know, the, the, I guess we'll call now the mid period behemoth, where you've got like, you know, it's more obviously death metal, but you've got, you know, black metal influence creeping in there. That's definitely present here too. Like, the, the song that I'd probably say was my favorite, the, the isolating lie of learning another, has got a decent amount of that. And then I do like the soloing too, just the way that it, um flows with the music well you know uh the music you know the riffs and the solos uh complement each other well so i don't really have anything any, anything bad to say about the album it's just not totally my thing but i appreciate what they're going what they're doing and you know uh yeah they're very talented musicians obviously well, you know vince i'm coming to you next but that was a a uh point that i'm i'm glad you mentioned when when you have this much chaos going it is easy to quickly have it be just like black noise brown noise just like it's just there and you can't discern there's a lot happening here it's but the talented artists they are you can dissect it because they're good enough individually there's just you're going to have to go in there like a bomb technician detonating a highly complex bomb. There's a lot of wires. You got you may want to snip that blue one, but you got to go through a whole bunch of blue, green, red ones to get to it because it's that complex. I know my analogies are a little out there, but stay with me. Vince, your thoughts on suffering be, become. So much like Colin, and if you could, if you could guess as the resident tech death hater. This isn't an album that I think would normally appeal to me, but this album appeals to me, and I find that kind of strange. I like it a lot, and I think a lot of it has to do with some of the philosophical choices that they made around it. Um, I went down I went down my own YouTube rabbit hole of watching interviews that Kyle did um, with various people and one of the interviews that he had he actually touched on sort of the the aspect of technicality in their music and to s- summarize in the the loosest terms um what he said was that it would be crazy to deny that there is that like vitriol are a technical death metal band but he doesn't see them as a tech death band because bands that call themselves tech death use technicality as what he referred to as their North Star, and what I refer to as a pissing contest, where you end up writing practice music for other bands instead of writing songs. And the thing that I like about this album is that, yes, it is like crazy over-the-top technical, but at the end of the day, all of the songs on here feel like songs. There's a lot of really uh, really smart and interesting choices that they that they made in the way that they utilize like Charlie, melody. Sit down, Charlie. And... Sit down. <laughs> Sorry, my guys. I know that voice. I know what happened off screen. You don't have to say anything. 
I have been fighting my own losing battle on that front for like 10 years now. <laughs> Nate, Nate just gets so rowdy when you don't stimulate him. <laughs> He's just jumping on your desk and hanging off. Of you. You, you, need, yeah. you need to give it's, that boy um, some enrichment. Vince, I am I'm 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 glad you mentioned the interview and I'm glad you and Colin have have both mentioned this because Hera, you you back yet? I don't think she's back yet. I don't I I personally and I'll bring her back into this when I Mm -hmm. when she's back, I personally do not think of them as a technical death band. They are they are extremely proficient in their playing mm-hmm. highly skilled very technical but yeah i personally think there is so much going on that the technicality is buried too deep i i i mean i buried too too deep i don't know that sounds like a it's, negative point and i think no, that it, that's actually it is it is a, just it is hard to pick it out because there's so much yeah Chaos but happening. that's that I think is a point in its favor for me. Like it's not they're not flashy just for the sake of being flashy. They're just very good at what they do. Yes. And it's actually funny because Colin brought up something that I thought only I was gonna bring up is that one of the things that this album reminded me the most of was Demigod Era Behemoth. Mm. <laughs> like I put mm. on the Flowers of Sadism and it immediately wanted me to go and listen to the Reign of Shemsu Horror. <laughs> okay. Huh. But and like, but I think the biggest thing that they have going for them in terms of stylistic comparisons would be for like for me something like a Hate Eternal or mm. Ulcerate, which is Ulcerate just are, they just came up for me a couple seconds ago, and yep. perhaps one of the things that I love most about this album, maybe the, the thing that I love most about this album, is it the drip? Um, we're going to talk about the drip. Don't you worry about that shit. <laughs> That's not a thing that I love about the album. That's just a thing that I am enamored with as a whole. We'll My talk about the we'll talk about the fucking later. jewelry store. Jacob the jeweler dressed this man for his promo interviews. I <laughs> iced out doesn't even begin to describe it. Like um, but the thing that I think I like most about this album is remember way back when Stare Into Death and Be Still came out, and I said, this album is going to fuck the game up. This album is going to inspire people to write music that sounds like this. I think you made the statement that this is, yeah. This album does not sound like Stare Into Death and Be Still, but you can hear the choices that they make in the songwriting that are borrowed from that album. You can you can hear the you can hear it in the decision-making process. You can hear it in the way that there's these, like, slidey background guitar melodies that happen underneath the chaos. It's like, I, I I feel vindicated when I listen to this album because I know that I'm right. I know that I'm right. Yeah, you, buddy, it, no lie. It, uh, that band, when I was trying to describe them, they came up hmm. second, like literally they came up another band who I had seen. Uh, I think uh, the review that somebody wrote on metal archives, was it? Or YouTube. What an album. Somebody this said that this new vitriol sounds like what modern Nile may be at now. Yes. If, if we were to yes. get old, the original lineup of Nile, uh, like, you know, the black and seeds, uh, you know, black seeds of vengeance era. Ugh. Like that's what this, that's what vitriol sounds yeah. like now. Angela, I told like, you I would tag you like in. Like Nile, so. 
Nile Hate Eternal and Ulcerate. Yes. Bands that use yep. technicality, but that I would not describe yeah. as tech death. Vince, you just said it. Because the bands that I love for my tech death, like the Obs- Obscuras, for example, they let their technicality, and I think the difference, the differing factor, they let their technic their technical ability shine. Like they, 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 they put it at the forefront. They don't add another couple layers of complexity on it. They give you to go back a couple episodes. They give you a simple five guys burger, (laughs) but it's, but it's super technical. Vitriol is giving you that burger, but it's freaking gold foil. It's truffle oil on it. Uh, That's yeah. Ragu beef. It's, this is the truffle aioli of death metal albums. Okay. Angelo. I'm explain I'm tech into death it. to Americans. I'm into it. Burger they, this one, I, I, I came into this album not really expecting it, not really expecting it to do much for me. And I was, I was very pleasantly surprised with how much I ended up liking this album there. It's not like, it's not a perfect fit for my brain, yes. but anything that I could gripe about this album just has to do with it playing a style of death metal that is not my personal preference. But the things that I like about this album vastly, vastly overshadow any like stylistic quibbles that I might have with it. It's it's something, man. Like this one's this one's gonna go crazy. This one's gonna do numbers. Yeah. Okay. Angela, if there's one genre that I still can't uh label you and put a finger on to try and send you recommendations ever it's death metal i have everybody else here covered i know what i can send them i don't know what i can send you in the death metal realm so i'm eager to hear your thoughts on vitriol here suffer and become yes so i am happy to build off of what colin and vince both said because it's the same for me that i'm really not a tech death person because for me it's a lot happening at once and it's very overstimulating (laughs) and anxiety inducing this was not and I'm gonna build off what Vince also said about them songs and I think that's part of it that each track is you know distinct and you can tell them apart because I feel like with a lot of tech stuff that's just you're constantly getting pummeled and it's just a lot of sound coming at you um and so I feel like they do such a good job with their songwriting and there's a lot of marchings and moments and kind of like catch your breath which I think makes such a difference and there is a lot going on at once but it's interesting and then there's things that come in that you're like what like that how are they playing that fast how is this possible um so it's it's a lot of interesting things that you can kind of focus on and pick out and I feel like that helps and again just like the pain and the songwriting was so well done on this album and this was my first band and um I I'm uh, along with Vincent Allen, like it's not necessarily for me, but I definitely appreciate it. And as far as like for techie death goes, I can definitely handle this one a lot better than some albums we've talked about in the past. You know, Vince to Angela, great, great thoughts. Uh, I uh, agree. And to piggyback to what Vince said, Vince, there was somebody there's a review on metal archives. I want to quote, quote the person tour they said from their image, their attitude, the lyrics, their video performance, their live performance, all of it presents a very attractive total package. 
And I have yeah. to agree. It's vitriol, the trip. It the is. trip is what got me. I wouldn't have listened to this album if yep. it weren't for the trip. Vince, this is a band who the album art is awesome. The music videos are top notch. Oh yeah. Can uh, we can we the talk music about videos for this? Yeah, are... can we talk about the video for um uh he will fight savagely? I would prefer actually... if we didn't. Yeah, dude, that made me fucking bark <laughs> that was, in my mouth. That was um that was an uncomfortable experience, and that is no one's fault but mine because was... I continued watching it when I knew that I shouldn't have. <laughs> it it was uncomfortable for you. They got hooks shoved in their backs on purpose. Um, not just their backs either. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> spoilers, if you haven't seen the video for He Will Fight Savagely. Yeah, if you haven't it's... seen that video, respect the warning that comes in the front uh -huh. of it. Don't yeah. be like me and think that, like, well, you know, this will definitely be a great thing to watch on my lunch break at work. You know, one of the things that Buke and I were talking about, Nick, is the, like, AI's place in... Uh, in 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 the to come, I fucking give so much props. I mean, I love this album. I've I've been a fan of Vitriol for a long time. I give so much props to them for so many reasons. But you don't see a whole lot of metal bands actually doing the thing these days, mm -hmm. especially when this could have been an AI generated thing, and it could have been CGI, and it could have been lame. It could have been poser shit. But this is not poser shit. They really do this. They <laughs> they, they really do this shit. <laughs> they are about the shit that they talk about, and and that is that deserves nothing but the utmost respect. You know, there. I mean, lead for your art. Yeah, I mean, and you watch any of the videos where it's like a playthrough of of uh, Kyle and Adam. Their facial expressions are they're it's, so it's, into it. Yeah. If if anybody's wondering what we're talking about in the music video, they are suspending from piercings. I don't know the yep, proper yeah. term. They, they have yeah. hooks uh, pierced through the skin of their back, and they are hoisted, um, suspended off of the ground, hanging by those hooks in their skin. There is also a scene where Kyle has the the flesh at the front of his neck pierced with a hook and is dragged towards someone by uh, that hook in his neck uh and, um, and it's yeah very it's intense real. and it's, it's real, real. Too. they you, they you tell want... you at the beginning hey, of uh... the video like all of this was performed by like with real actual suspension artists and medical personnel on standby just to make sure that this was done in a safe and controlled environment um not often do you to, see that you get to see it happen like they don't they don't cut away from the hooks going through the skin. You get to watch it happen. Yeah, it's 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 pretty intense. Uh, Ian, I'll come back to you, but I want to bring tag in my uh, tech partner here, Hera. What are your thoughts on uh, uh, Vitriol? Tech band, not a tech band. Obviously, they're a death band, but do you consider them tech? Your thoughts on the album? I. See, this was different because I, so this is my first Vitriol album. I've never listened to this band before prior to this album. I don't, they, first of all, most death, metal, most death metal does not, is not for me. Uh, all the bands that sometimes people mention, like the modern death metal bands out there, old death metal bands out there, not for me. And, but this one, I, like, I would like to pause it, if you will. Have you guys ever heard of a band called 
Kennel Nathra. Yep. This oh, the, have we ever? Yep. This is the band that came to mind when I was listening to Suffer and Become. This I is know. a this is a more accessible Anal Nathra. I know they're big fans of Anal Nathrox, so I don't or however you pronounce it. That's right. Know. That's right. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm I know that they're big fans of that project, so it it's not surprising that I mean I think in one of the videos, uh, uh. Adam is wearing an, an Alnathrak shirt. So, I will never learn how to pronounce it, and I've heard yeah. it pronounced. It, I, I'm not claiming to be the expert. I'm just saying, in my head, that's hey, how I've always pronounced as it. As a fan of the band, Hera, great uh, similarity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is this is the band. Um, I feel like Vitriol is a more accessible Alnathrak, mainly because I've heard three Alnathrak albums in my lifetime from another friend who's really into them. And this is this is where that the idea came from. Uh, in comparison, I think Vitriol is an easier digestible time than any Nathrak album. Uh, speaking of which, isn't I don't think they use it more as like a thing to get from one place to another. They I feel like they use more of like all these other elements of death metal as a whole, but they're not tech, you know. They're more like I listened, and there were there's like industrial element. There is some t- intense, as I call, and I've written in my notes, intense tech death fuckery. But it's not tech death as a whole. It's not everything. There's more stuff to it than just I don't know. It's really hard to describe this band, and it's hard to pigeonhole them because obviously they have so many fingers in different death metal pies, if you will. So quote unquote modern death metal is what I like to call them. And as a posit for them. But otherwise, I think this album is pretty good. I didn't think this album was going to be for me. Uh, mainly because in my time, this kind of death metal has never hit me at all. And I really liked it. Uh, however, I do have uh, one comment that I, uh, my only issue is that sometime around the halfway mark, the album plateaus. I feel like it's maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe because it's such an exhausting list. This album is relentless. It blisters. It goes from A to B in the span of however many minutes is 47. I feel like this album would have benefited for just taking two tracks out or placing two tracks towards the end for the better of the, the musical themes this album's got going. It has a lot of symphonic elements in it, but they're not like septic flesh or like your flesh god apocalypses. They are more like to highlight just how terrifying this band. Yeah, I can um, agree with you there because I feel I felt like once after survival's careening inertia, you know that little that instrumental track in the middle. I feel like it kind of like I don't know. It almost like you're you stopped the train right in the middle, and then you know with that uh, song being a little less chaotic, and then it's hard to get back on the rails. At least it was for me. Like it was hard to focus after that track in the listen. Angela, yeah. Angela and I were talking about that track and because both of us agree that that's our favorite cut off the album. Uh, Angela, did you find it hard to get back on on the train after that song was over? Because it is such a it is such a jarring change in tone from what came before it. And, you know, half of the song is only clean guitars. Do you find that threw off for the rest of the album? Were able to? I don't I think mean, it threw me by off. By the definition think... of inertia, keep going forward dork um i think it threw me off i liked it because it was like a little bit of a breather um and it was like okay i can rest a little bit and then jump back into it um and it was still 
again, like there's just so many interesting elements throughout the album that just get me in. So I didn't feel like it sidetracked me. Um, but yeah, that was, I think, my favorite song on the album, uh, just because I really liked, I mean, everything about it. I liked that it was instrumental. I liked the little calm interlude at the beginning and then that melody being carried in throughout and um, it being more drum heavy and really like there was such a focus on the drumming that was really cool so yeah i i like that one a lot it's a lot of it's a lot of smart and very creative songwriting choices yes on this album exactly yeah it is it is pretty relentless though so i understand how people could think that it's like hard to get it's it it could be hard for someone to get through 47 minutes of this absolutely yeah i didn't find that that kind of threw me off but that one was also not my favorite song from the album i think my favorite is definitely the flowers of sadism i you know i'm sorry no no i was was just gonna say that i think we may also have to talk about the production on this Mm. one the production is also kind of part of the uh overwhelming atmosphere shit's crispy yeah it is it's a dave otero joint so like i listened a lot of albums that Dave Otero is, and I feel like Angela brought up the drums. I feel like I know the back of Dave Otero's head like the back of my head. Yeah, <laughs> it's very similar looking back of the head. But uh, Angela brought up the drums, and I do think the drums are mixed very full. And, and the drums, I we use this phrase a ton already because of the state of, of California, but I have in my notes that the drum sound here is sopping wet. Like, the drums are... They're the wettest drums I think I've ever heard in an album, and I don't know how else to describe them, but they are soaking, dripping wet drums, and and I feel like that's part of what what brings the whole atmosphere. The guitars are layered, and because they're just going and going and going, they're sort of blur, and the drums are what pull you back to center, and I feel like that's an interesting choice. Uh, it's not necessarily one that I think hinders the album uh but the drums are very high up was a little bit different than than you would hear and it it's cool because like their, their drummer used two different snares his kit i don't know if anybody else caught that but he's got like he's got i've a... never i didn't uh, none of the playthroughs that i saw had him as a part of it well, it was you, just kyle and Adam. It, he has one regular sized snare that he plays with the snares on, and then he has a smaller snare with the snares off that has, I mean, it has the St. Anger snare sound, ba 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 like he's banging a coffee can. <laughs> but, like, the way that he uses that in, in fills and in switching parts, it's very smart, and because the drums are mixed so high, you really get a very clear indication of, like, what this and how... Kyle and Adam and I'm so sorry they they have a they're a four piece now there is another guitar player in the band I don't remember his name off the top of my head but you get a sense of how everyone else is playing off that Steven his name is Steven Steven, Steven! okay yeah I, I I knew that early because I also listened to a bunch of interviews um yeah Steven I'm sorry I love you you did a great job um it's it's interesting the mixing on this you know buddy I Oh, I uh, pers- Steve, Steven's the guitar player. Yes, that's Matt, what I'm, uh, yeah. Matt Kilner is the guy Matt who Kilner plays the drums. The you know, you mentioned that about the recording, it being crispy. I I found it a little too, like that brown noise in the sense, because it was a little too too much happening uh, in it the mix. It is definitely on the muddier side. 
I, I, I mean, when when you've got that many notes but, per yeah, second going, that all is what I was just about to say. Can. Yeah, yeah. I was I was like, just like I about could, to say. Yeah, I don't know any way that they could. You know, it's you gotta for what for what it is. It sounds good. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's unless just it is go, relentless. Unless you want to go the archspire route and just slam compression on everything i do not you're, because you're i get, don't enjoy the way that that sounds you're gonna get something that sounds like this you're gonna get something that's very wet and very i'll but... i like soup yeah. i like a soupy i like yeah. a soupy album this is not soup this is mud what is mud just i'll drink mud... the sludge at the bottom of my coffee cup i don't care it's is, good is mud not nature at the end no, of the day that's you know, that's no, a quicksand you know, Hera, I'm 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 glad I just mentioned my you know, this is the battle I have with myself every album I put on. I maybe it's just me. You guys can tell me, yeah, it's just you. But every album I put on that sounds like this, initially I come right down to my task bar. I'm like, is my volume up all the way? Is my EQ on? Like, why is it sounding? That's just me. To Vince, that's music to his sweet ears. That's that's chaos to him. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I used to be like you, and then I stopped caring. And like yeah. I I found that it just doesn't it doesn't bother me anymore. Like I went to school for audio shit, and I I thought <laughs> that I was gonna grow up to be one of those fancy people with electrostatic headphones and like boutique preamps. As I hear, I am sitting with my electrostatic headphones I listened on. to this album for the first time on wireless Bluetooth headphones, and I'm like, this sounds great! I got no complaints with this whatsoever. Yeah, but... I don't, maybe... You, you know. know, I was, I was, uh, there was something interesting that I was uh, listening to the other day, and it's gonna kill me because I cannot remember where I heard this discussion with musicians talking about modern production and about how more and more and more albums are being mixed on AirPods because they know that that's how people are going to listen to them on wireless speaker instead of mixing them with $600 professional Studio headphones yeah. if that, that if that, $600 yeah, Jesus that, that a fraction of your customer base is actually going to own and you they're mixing stuff so that it sounds good on AirPods. I did kind of wonder if that was a choice that they made with this album because I've listened to it on a few different headphones that I own, and I do think that it sounds like maybe the best on my wireless earbuds. I I can't say that that was a choice that was made for this album. I this was something that I was I was listening a while ago, but it was it was recently enough where it was it, you know, you know, what the future of music making is going to look but, like because ultimately it has to go in someone's ears or else you're not you're not making music for anyone other than yourself. But you know, this Fine, this but, is a, a good topic to 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 quickly mention, you know, Ian, do Maybe it's it's just me, but the the thing is, is that with it, maybe I feel wrong because I feel like I feel like I'm missing something. Like I feel like I shouldn't be turned off to it, like like Vince is. Like I I feel like being a metalhead, like it's almost, and I felt this way for years. Like it's almost kind when we've been doing this podcast here for years, and I've you know, been educated by, you know, you guys sharing your thoughts and stuff. I almost have kind of learned or told myself that, no, Matt, that's metal. And that's kind of par. But I've been listening to this for decades now. I I should know. I, I know that. But it's 
I guess I keep waiting for the, but it doesn't need to be like this. It's the old habits diehard kind of thing yeah. where now we've gotten used to, I guess, the accessibility of knowing what we like in our music. And that also boils down to the production of it. Some uh, people are more or less attuned to knowing exactly what they want and they used to that, which is why niche exists. And maybe to a certain extent, that's why people are less inclined about the production. Like, hey, you put on any album, it, if it sounds good to you, that's a, that's a good thing for you, right? And if it, that's the thing that limits you from listening to that record, then that's just you. It's a preference thing. It's a niche thing. It's a situational old break, all have its diehard. I think the other thing, too, is that since I've been divorced from the environment in which like oral fidelity is prized above everything else. I've I've started paying more attention to songwriting than the way that something sounds. And it's part of the reason why I can listen to like uh like lo-fi shitty black metal because if it has something in it that I like in the songwriting, I can overlook a lot of really like I can overlook a lot of that production style. And sometimes I think even the production style is part of the charm of it, you know? Like, whatever, I'm, I am I can only speculate about the choices that were made when mixing this album. All I can say is that I like the way that it sounds. Yep. You know? I, 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 I can get the sort of left-to-right definition. I can hear the sort of, like, under melodies that the guitars are doing and and stuff and i feel like it has enough space for me to get all of the different moving parts you know but you know though vince for me for me but but you know what the the big thing is and i've felt this with a lot of different things is that when there's excitement when there's talk when there's hype when there's whatever the biggest thing is with me is that I try, like I want to, I want to be like you with that. I'm tr- I try, I Here's try. A Here's a question for you. Yes. Uh, when you first listen to the record, and this is, I think something that I, everyone has different answers. To. When you listen to a record, what is the first thing you. Just how it, how it comes across to me. Does that also just, include production? That's the number one thing. Okay. So that's one. Number well, one thing. I think thing. it's just a difference in where your priorities lie. In well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You know? If production is the priority, this kind of, this record where it sounds like it's being slugged down in mud will not be for someone like it, you who prefers a more cleaner production. Ex- yeah, you're right, and buddy. There's, and there's it, plenty of albums that have production that is beyond the pale for me too. I it, it's but it's less production and more mixing choices. I think that bother me. Mm-hmm. Like if something is mixed too high above other things. It, that that does that sort of bothers me, especially vocals. Like if an album has its vocals mixed too high for my liking above the other instruments, it really kills the listening experience for me. You know, can you look past other things? Like all of us here share a common love of video gaming. Mm-hmm. Can you go back to the '90s and play a '90s video game? Hell like, yeah! Does graphical fidelity carry up? Absolutely See, to me, not. I am a graphic diva. I am, get, hey, I need 4K <laughs> hit me in the face, buddy. God I, damn. I'm telling you because you because just, uh, as you're discerning man on the about Game Boy, the answer is go. <laughs> I I it doesn't like there's a there's a nostalgia in like low poly sprite graphics that I really enjoy in the same way that I kind of enjoy the lo-fi tinny production of an of like a of like a uh, a low budget black metal album 
I think that there's a certain charm to it that that speaks to me. You know, I don't need everything to push the boundaries of graphical fidelity in order for me to want to play it. In fact, a lot of the times, I think that those games do that for their for for its own sake and not really in a way that benefits it. I got you. All. I got like, you. Well, like fucking Cyberpunk. You know, like that game was supposed to be all about next gen graphical fidelity and shit, and look how that turned out. Not yeah, very good, dump- I think. Yeah, it was a dumpster <laughs> fire. And you know, but there are games like Celeste that it looks like an old yeah. NES game, but it's a wonderful game. Celeste wonderful. is a so, perfect example. Yeah, you know, so it I I think that, when that that charming nostalgia factor that I yep. love. So this is an album that again, like the Ulcerat album, I think this is an album that we all can come to from a place of ex- I don't want to say experience, but this is this is you like for example, if I don't drink coffee. Angela could buy me a coffee bag and say, hey, friend, here's this wonderful bag of coffee. Brew this up. Or you and your AeroPress say, here, Buke, here's this. I made you this perfect cup. And if I'm not a coffee drinker, I could taste it and be like, what's the big deal? But if if you don't have an ear for this, I think right at the start, mm-hmm. I think this may scare you away. So I don't want people to yep. go into the having a, yeah. the wrong impression this about is- this. This, this is, is a great album. You just need to have the ear for it. This I is think. death metal decidedly with the training wheels off. Like if, if this is your first foray into heavy death music, metal for people who think that Adam in the face with and a baseball bat is... very quickly, and yeah. you might not recover from that. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. album is for people who find Adam Nathrak and Cattle Decap to be a difficult listening. <laughs> That's what I wrote for this one. Okay, I, so I think there is there is something about the, the technical ability because like I came to this album with like a reverence for Kyle's guitar playing, and we've already talked about and why I love me that's highly technical is because I like Wanker. I like I like it when they show off. And the last time we were having this conversation, you said something that I'm stealing forever, and that's like to paraphrase: if I'm gonna listen to an album that sounds like this. I want it to be played at the highest caliber that can be. I do not want you to hold back when you're making music like this. I want you to fucking I want you to fucking jerk off all over the place on it. Like I want I want wankery. I want technical ability. I want you to fucking I want you to play your ass off. And that's that's one of the things that I think really might help people get over how heavy this is. If you are interested in seeing pyrotechnics on guitar this album is for you and i will say everyone plays lights out on this album Mm -hmm. but like kyle's guitar playing is one of the reasons why people flock to this band in the first he's an insanely talented guitar player rip shit guitar solos on this thing i wish there were more i I do kind of wish there were more i do kind of wish there were more and i wish the bass was mixed higher but nobody's surprised by that yeah that one's that one's easy So anybody, we're gonna let's go around. Vince, you got a favorite track, buddy? The Flowers of Sadism. Hera, you have a favorite track? I have three. Okay. Nursing from the Mother Wound, I Am Every Enemy, and Locked in Five, Frothing Wisdom. Colin? Uh, the one I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, The Isolating Lie of Learning Another. That one's cool. And I have to get your thoughts on this since you've been patiently waiting for a man who has probably... Listened to Burzum and loved it through a Hello Kitty speaker or some cheap speaker like that. You probably loved it. Some probably hand crank radio and it sounded like like uh, 
dire straits or something coming through really good. But uh, what was uh, what were your thoughts on the musical quality? Or we're talking about pr- production and heaviness. Yeah, this one it's it's kind of it's just so so much of it and so like I don't know oppressive for lack of a better word. See, I know Cal Decap and ML Nothra got brought up early. This I feel like is my opinion the those are the this is the more advanced version of their stuff because you know i know is more rooted in black metal than this is but um in terms of just the the technical ability this is like uh just next level on top of what those bands bring for me at least so but yeah i mean it's just like i'm i don't love the production it's just it's very crunchy and like we kind of said like crunchy and you know, muddy for lack of a better word. I mean, you can still obviously, you know, tell what's going on, but it's it's just not for me in terms of the the production. Because I feel like well, actually one thing I was thinking about was I think when we had brought up Crypt, the last Cryptopsy album that came out, maybe it's just you know because I mentioned that I don't um, I haven't listened to Tech Death for a long time. Like maybe I just missed out. Like if Tech Death is slowly transitioning to the, cause I didn't like the, I thought the Cryptopsy album, what I did listen to it, that one that came out last year, I thought it sounded really bad, the production, but um, uh, maybe it's just that like me missing out on the Tech Death for that amount of time. Maybe it's just like what the genre itself has like shifted in its production style. Yeah. I listened to, I listened to a few of the songs off of the Cryptopsy album and I would call the production par for the course as far as the genre goes. So if you don't like that, you probably won't like anything else that sounds like that, because that's like that's the way that stuff is mixed and mastered these days. Yeah, it it certainly is. Hera, you're sorry, you we we did yours, we did yours, Connor. Ian. Uh favorites. my my favorite track on here survival's greening in inertia, but I do want to mention maybe my strongest complaint about this album. And I will preface, I'll sandwich compliment or, or sandwich criticism this by saying, I think Kyle's lyrics are really awesome. But I, if you are a band out there and you are going to try to throw the words thy and thine into your song titles, learn when to use them. It's not locked in thine frothing wisdom. It should be thy frothing wisdom. There is a typo. No, not a typo. There is a grammar error in your song title, and I will never forgive you. Ugh. It drives me. I don't know why it drives me so insane. No, I do. It's because my mom is channel. I'm channeling my mom through me. But it drives me insane when bands don't get thy and thine right. It it fu- it it makes me borderline psychotic because it's so easy to just double. Mm, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. What? What? It should All be right. thy. So here. So here's the rules for thy and thine. Okay. You please educate think, me, because you, you know th- I'm a grammar butcher. You can think of it one of two different ways. Thy is basically the equivalent of your y o u r. Thine is basically the equivalent of yours y o u r s. So like it's the pencil is thine, so it's thy pencil, right? Mm. Or the only exception to that is if the following word starts in a vowel, then you use thine all the time. So it's thine eyes, but thy heart. Okay, so would it be thine Angela's turn to say uh, her favorites? That yeah, my my Angela. Yeah, it would be thine, thine Angela. <laughs> no, I yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Angela, you're you're she's my property. 
Exactly. So he will be sorry. Yeah. Not yet. Not, <laughs> not, not yet. For, not, not yet. For a couple oh, years. I wish <laughs> with you. We should start. We should start recording this and posting it to YouTube so that people could see the faces that Angela makes when shit like that happens. I we almost lost a member of the podcast just now. <laughs> <laughs> to say that she was shooting daggers is an understatement. <laughs> I am no one's. <laughs> Angela, your favorites, Angela. Um, Ian, um, the instrumental track Survival's Need Inertia. I really like that one. Um, and just thinking about the conversation about production and everything that Ian was just saying too, I want to say that I feel. I mean, listening to music is such a personal experience and how you enjoy it, how you perceive it. Yeah. And I feel like when you were talking about some stuff, I was thinking, I wonder a little bit if that's your ADHD. Because <laughs> I know, like, no disrespect, but with my anxiety, you know, there's certain things that speak better to me, you know? So I just think it's different strokes for different folks and it all is just kind of like how we vibe. It's all... You know what I think it may be too? I think it just... It does, music like this doesn't have a lot of hooks that can kind of find mm-hmm. its way in. And yeah. I need a little, I, I just, just need a little tug, just, just, a, little, just a little tug on the, the, the coattails. Yeah. So Absolutely. my favorite, my favorite is, um, weaponized loss. The, uh, start of that is uh, pretty wicked and it goes in. So that is suffer and become by vitriol, uh, out, through Century Media Records. Now we will get into what else we have listened to for January. Hot off the heels. Kyle, Kyle listen to me. Ninecirclesblog at gmail.com. Where'd you get the drip? I need to know. I, I'm sorry I yelled at you just now because uh, I love you and I think your album your albums are great, this one included. Uh, can I get the number for your, your chain guy? Now hold on. Are these dangling a body chain have you have you not seen the drip <laughs> have you not seen the drip Pete i haven't drip they call him ranch because he be dressing mm. son of a well mm. now kyle's gonna hate us forever hey hey if you're gonna keep making albums like this hi vitriol you're gonna keep making albums like this please do so i welcome them they're kind they're very nice to me at least thank you have a lovely day have a lovely day where'd you get the drip I was having this conversation with my daughter, taking her back, how how I am a dad now and I am not hip with my nine-year-old daughter because she was she was trying to explain to me cap. No cap. I, I um, learned I know what that one means. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't know what drip means. So please educate me yeah, it's his, what drip means. It's the if you look at the promo pictures that they have for this album, he is wearing some absolutely gorgeous neck jewelry that I I want to, I, I fully, fully admitting that I want to steal that look. Like I want, I very much want to bite the, want to bite the drip, you know? And oh. I'm just, I'm just hoping that like, I'm just hoping that this inspires things in people. I think my grandma has some of that stuff upstairs and her it's old like, jewelry. It's the, <laughs> it's the whole package, baby. It's the image. It's the videos. It's the sound. They got it. They nailed it on this one. It's the long the hair. Drip. It's the blonde highlights, man. It's that tattoo. Adam's cowboy hat that he was going to wear to a rodeo. (laughs) (laughs) They, uh, I was going to say, I, you know, Kyle, there's a lot of videos with Kyle with his shirt off. I don't hear any complaints. I mean, (laughs) look, I'm, I'm all I'm, I'm, it's a nice thing. I'm saying, (laughs) 
I mean, hey, if it gets you tongue-tied, you've done your job, right? Yep, exactly. Is, is Kyle Rasmussen, Death Metals, or Vilpec? Discuss. Oh, my God. Toilet of it hell. Came, it came <laughs> to my head, <laughs> buddy. The sexiest man in death metal. Wait, he, could unseat, he could unseat Doug Moore as Death Metal's new heartthrob. He but what have we be. done? What have we fucking done? All right. We need, we need, no, I, you know what? I'm not going to say that. I'm going to keep Taylor, my mouth Taylor, shut Taylor, now because I'm going to start, I'm going to start entering into absolutely deranged territory. Well, if this would have been dec- decades ago, we got Pete, Pete Steele and Playgirl. So crazier things have happened. So, oh, I forgot that happened. That did happen, buddy. I forgot Death that happened. In peace. <laughs> that was a real yeah. one right there. Yo. Uh, okay, another, let's. Another dude who was about that life. He walked the fucking walk. And he carried a big stick. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, yeah, if the playgirl <laughs> stuff was to be believed. <laughs> okay. Hera, what, what else did you listen to in in january buddy coming off of your coming off of 2023 did you catch up did you find time for something new what did you get into buddy so i have some albums i want to talk about for january some of them are uh from 2023 some of them are new uh first things first though i i think well i have a top song for 2023 and that is we have to mention julie christmas's song not enough that song slaps it was with me for the better part of a long time in 2023. Side note, albums I want to talk about. First of all, we got our first over live album. Grieg Haaland 2018-05-28 was the first album I listened to in 2024. It was recorded during Over's 2017-2018 tour for the assassination of Julius Caesar. And while I do appreciate the this sound, this version of Over, I do much prefer them in their recording. And I don't know. I feel like it would be better if I was there seeing them live, but the likelihood of that is uh, not happening. So um, we get this. This is for us, for people who like their stuff currently. Uh, <laughs> so um, another thing I listened to was, have you guys ever heard of a band called the Old Gods of Ask? Yeah. Okay. They played at the Video Game Awards. Yeah, sure. They sure did. They released an album called Rebirth, The Greatest Hits. Uh, if you know me, you know that I have been an Alan Wake 2 kick recently where I have platinum the whole game, and I'll talk about that later for other things we did in uh, January, of course, December. Um, I Even though I did like the fact that they put all of their songs on a record, I still prefer the single. It's just really nice for people to have now, but it's almost like, and also, it's almost like finding your dad's uh, old rock and rock records from like the sex, because that's what they sound like. They have that vibe. Uh, and it's really funny because I still haven't stopped listening to Children of the Elder Gods. Uh, that's a I still listen to every day. Uh, another album I listen to, and this is thanks our friend Anton. He took me to it. He actually got um, on his list had Boy Years Fearless in Love. If you know me, you know that I like Prague. Did you also know that this band from Australia was in Eurovision? Mm. They sound like Devin Townsend. Uh he and I had a lovely chat about this band. Well, he proceeded to get me drunk in New York. So that was fun. Um, yeah, I really like this album. Boyer plays this really nice blend of prog metal that sounds like pop, but really isn't. And it's really accessible. It's really nice. To- and it sounds like, to Anton, it sounded like Ocean Machine. To me, it sounded like Deconstruction, because there's like hints of that in the vocals. It's a great gem of an album. And I've, listened to- I've been listening to it at least once a day since I got it. So... 
I really like it. Uh, another album I want to talk about is an album I wrote for the site, The Oldest House, A Warm Through Time. Yes, you heard that right. That's a control ref. Uh, this is the side project of a, from the singer of Aversio Humanitatis. Uh, it's 24 minutes of sludge doom with hardcore elements, and it's completely relentless. It oh, also feels... Cool. I didn't know it was from the Aversio Humanitatis. Yeah. I like those sing- guys. Yeah, it's the singer. Um, this AP feels like the perfect supplement of the original Control soundtrack. It's like that layer underneath where you can find the ambient atmospheric horrors of the actual house. If you played Control, you will understand. Uh, and the last album I want to talk about is a split between L and N, LL and N, and Sugar Horse, the horror sleep paralysis demon. Um, I do love the LL and N side of this of this split because it sounds like Unmaker. It is unhinged musically, and Sugar Horse is a band I've never been acquainted with, but their their song Sleep Paralysis Demon starts off slow and tepid before it jumps straight into what the hell did I watch? Oh my god, please, I need my mom. They call themselves a decidedly average band, but there's really nothing average about them. Um, they're excellent. I thought the split was really good. Still prefer the L L L N N side though. Sorry, and... I just um I just stepped back from a quick bathroom break. Mm-hmm. Sugar Horse put out a new song. Yes. Excellent. Called very... Sleep Paralysis Demon. <laughs> very, very much enjoy that band. With L L N N. So it's on Pelagic. And that is all I've got for January. There you go, buddy. Vince, you're January, my friend. Is it me? Is it me already? Yes, it is you, buddy. I've only got a couple that I want to talk about. Um, the the first one that I want to mention is a split release by Lotus Thief and For Lesson, which is two bands that feature very much the same people with a couple notable exceptions, but two bands that have like different takes on long form songwriting. I think both of the songs here are t- about 12 minutes in length. And both uh, have different takes on using music to sort of preserve and reimagine history. Um, Lotus Thief's song is, um, let me see if I can pull up my review. It's, it's Lotus Thief use a lot of like ancient, his, like especially ancient Greek historical references um, and uh, like allusions to literature. And this one their song in perdition uh borrows from giovanni boccaccio's the decameron which is a series of 100 short stories um that are part of a larger tale about a group of young people who are sheltering in place outside of florence during the black death Mm. Um, so if if i were to tell you that this song was mostly written during 2020 you could probably imagine what the the mood of it is but it's a very it's a very cool uh it's a very cool take on uh history as a repeating sort of uh factor and then f- uh for lesson go a different route by taking an old appalachian folk song called black is the color and doing like a modern sort of like dirgy doomy take on it which is really cool um they're both very interesting songs um very good stuff. Would highly recommend. I wrote more about it on the website in greater detail, which you can read. Uh, 
the second album I wanted to talk about for my fellow Scrams heads is the new Infant Island album called Obsidian Reef. Um, I love this album. I actually was not super into the last Infant Island album. I kind of thought that it was just okay. But this is this new one is way, way more than okay. This is very, very much my speed. Um, very cool sort of like black metal and noise inflected, very pretty screamo. I'm I'm highly, highly into this one. Um, I probably will have more to say about it in a couple of months when I round it up with a couple of other releases um, when I bring back my formerly monthly, now quarterly column on the website. And then the last one that I wanted to get into, which I might not have too much to say about because I think someone else will probably have more to say about since they wrote a review for it, is uh, Vaymod's The Deepening, um, which is a new Vaymod album, which I did not actually think was ever going to happen, considering that they have been talking about putting this album out for years and years and years now. And I was just thoroughly convinced that it was like the Chinese democracy of black metal albums, but it finally came out in January of this year. And it's really good, honestly. Like, I'm I'm kind of shocked at how much I liked it. I feel like it it their their first album is like kind of a cult classic, one of those like if you know, you know old black metal albums. And this does a really good job of carrying that same sort of spirit forward while also showing how they've like grown in the what like 20 years now since it came out 12 years 12 years yeah i thought it was older than it actually was but colin was the one who wrote the review of it so he can probably say more about it than me yeah um yeah that was that was my pick for album of the month not like the super strong pick but um yeah, the new Vamon album, their first album, uh, Venture, they had some like demos and whatever beforehand, but their first and previously only uh, full length Venture, Post, or Man came out in uh, 2012. And that was a, that's a very good piece of uh, like hypnotic, very repetitive, a little raw black metal, but they had, you know, they had like ambient stuff. Um, and it's, it's a lot different than what you normally get out of Norway, but I guess where they are, it's like, they call it, it's like Nidrosian black metal, like Nidros, which is like, as far as I know, a more isolated part of Norway where they kind of just develop the scene, their own little scene on uh, by themselves, which funny enough, I just noticed that Decibel, one of their like books that they put out is uh, they have an entire book on Nidrosian black metal. What? Um, yeah, right. It's like just the most random thing, but I guess that scene, I don't know any other bands from that scene, but I guess they developed their own unique sound. But but yeah, the new Vimon album, The Deepening. Um, yeah, like Ben said, I mean it's taking a lot of elements from that first their first album, but it's you know, bringing it into more, I guess what you would call like black gaze territory. Um and and it's it's less raw honestly the sound of it like if it, if they didn't have blast beats and black metal ish vocals on it you know it, it's very like lush and lighter uh like sonically than you get with a lot of black metal and especially compared to their first album um but yeah it's very good it's uh <clears throat> and if you there's not much ambient stuff because the first album had like a whole 12 minute ambient track but um this new one there's no, there's not, there's very little ambience on it, except for if you get the deluxe edition, it closes with a 17 minute ambient track. So if hey, you're Colin, I, I want to ask you and, and, and Vince, buddy, our resident black metal heads. And you know, if Chris was here, I'd ask him. Yes. 
How are you guys when it comes to black metal, I guess, going outside its boundary? Do you Love guys it. like, do you? Yeah, oh, yeah. it's, it's yeah. when it's at its absolute. Black metal is, to me, perhaps the most malleable of, of subgenres of metal. Like, you can take black metal and slap it, slap it onto other genres easier than you can with almost anything else. Mm-hmm. That's part of what makes it really special to me is just like the the extreme amount of like play that you have with stuff. Like I mentioned the Infant Island album. It's a screamo album, but it's definitely got black metal influences in it. And like I don't think you could make a screamo death metal album. Like I don't think you could make you could try to uh, you could make a screamo doom metal album. But like, there's something there, there's something magic in the formula of black metal that like allows it to do so much when you when you sort of like combine its aesthetics with other stuff, and that's part of why I get so mad at people who just play like straight down the middle black metal because that's when it's at its most boring to me. Like, so like the make because I have never heard you talk about like the mayhems, the emperors, the dissections. Because I don't really listen to that stuff. I'm yeah. not interested in bands that live in their basement to pretend that it's still 1992, some 30 years down the line. Like, there, you know, the 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 true heads will whine and complain about nowadays black metal yep. and like something, 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 the old cold spirit or whatever. And like, that's <laughs> fine. They can have their shit. You know, they can have their their lamp of murmurs and whatever. It's just not interesting to me. Black metal has the potential to be so interesting when you play with it and when you push it beyond the limits that it started from. I don't understand why anybody would not want to do that, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah I, same, there's same a black metal artist I'm going I'm 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 trying to find, but like I see on Reddit and all these other web, the very few metal websites I go, but I see some like pure black metal artists mm-hmm. getting huge talk the last couple years and from you gentlemen i'm not hearing them mentioned on the pod at all not saying yeah. that they're bad of course but no it's um but like i'm like wow these are my black metal guys and i'm not hearing them even mention like the big names that not even though these are very small artists but mm-hmm. they've released like for the pure black metal fans they go Ape shit over these albums. It's just not as interesting to me. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, for me, it's like I look at some of my like all time favorite black metal albums, even more recent or even older stuff, whatever. But like, it's always stuff that, you know, like, you know, obviously Enslaved being my favorite band, like, you know, obviously they don't do straight up black metal anymore. You know, they have come, you know, moved far beyond the sound, you know, their own sound of the early 90s. And you look at Panopticon, you know, the way that. You know, obviously the bluegrass and the, you know, the whatever you want to call it, post-metal and post-rock and everything else that he throws in there. And then, um, you know, look, just look at my, my favorite album from last year, the Dota Heimsgard album, the way that that is, you know, yeah, it's rooted in black metal in, you know, plays with some of the black metal tropes, but then just there's so much else thrown on top of it. Yeah, I mean, black metal, you know, I don't go for some of the like really insane out there crazy stuff, but you know, at least in terms of like, like bands in 2024 have to be doing, you know, either like a very, very good, um, like, I guess a band like Stormkeep where they, you know, they sound, they're obviously inspired by the, 
you know, the sound of the 90s, you know, most basically Emperor, considering, you know, it's Isaac's favorite band. He's got literally got the logo tattooed on his arm, you know, but they still are able to freshen it up a bit and, you know, bring it into the modern day. And they're not just straight up, you know, rehashing that material, you know, writing that um, that fine line. Yeah. It, you know, maybe it's the, you know, in the decades I've been in this, maybe it's the the old heads when I first got into it were like, if it's not, you know, like like Vince said, if it's not old Norway, you know, you know somewhere in the woods, crab walking in the snow, yeah. you know, it's and not black is, metal. The thing is that there's nothing wrong with that if that's the stuff that you like. The problem is that mentality is born out of a kind of elitism that I mm. find incredibly tiring. But don't you think that's always been around black metal, though? It that has, yes. Because yes. black metal has always from the very start, positioned itself as an outsider art form. It has always been against anything even remotely resembling commercialization. So the fact that people are doing stuff that people find to be polluting the aesthetics of it and driving it towards commercialization is like anathema to these people. There's nothing wrong if... What you like is black metal that just does black metal. That's cool. There's a million bands out there to scratch that itch for you. But when you position yourself that way, when you make your entire personality around the stuff that you hate and not the stuff that you love, it's just, it's boring, man. You're just, you're a boring, boring person. And you need to like, you need to understand that art should be allowed to progress. It should be allowed to move itself in a direction that maybe you don't like. But but you shouldn't say that it shouldn't happen. That's buddy. Thank you for uh, explaining all that. You you like, you, it, like, you summed it up well. Like Macho Man Randy Savage said, you don't have to like it, but accept it. Yeah, and kind of going off of that, you know, talking about another album I listened to um, this month. I did listen to that uh, Infernal Sea album that uh, mm-hmm. you recommended. You yeah Elfenley. yeah yeah. It was fun, but it's like that's kind of a thing where it's like. It very much feels like you know earlier Dark Throne. It, just yeah, and, and see the thing is, and and I sent you that because there was some talk, but I'm like, I don't know if he likes this black metal because you know because I yeah. see you listen, I hear you mention it. Also, I'm like, is this too you know true in a sense? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's fine. It's a fun album. Like I didn't you know have a bad time listening to it. It's just not doing much different than bits been that has been done before. And I did listen to that um, that Frozen Dawn album from last year that you, you really liked. And, you know, I thought it was fine. Like they play their music well, but it's very much like that album in particular. It's almost like in a lot of the like riffing choices and stuff. It was like almost felt like thrash metal riffing, but without the like rhythmic thrash style. Mm-hmm. Just kind of instead of playing, you know, th- where they might have a bit more you know um back and forth with you know rhythmic going on they're just playing just like straight notes you know just straight yeah. trend picking you know it's fine but it's not really um what it's not really what you do yeah okay yeah. so now i know a little bit more the big artist i just found it who i surprised you guys may uh, maybe have and i haven't heard you guys it's uh and this is not calling you guys out this is just trying to educate myself is spectral wound i, was, I hear I was them bring that up I hear them mentioned so much yeah, online I mean, that, in like the black exactly metal circles. Like they're they're a black metal band that plays black metal that sounds like black metal. I've listened to it. I think that it's fine. 
but it's mm-hmm. not anything that inspires repeat listens from me. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha, you, yeah. buddy. It's basically the same for me. Like it's fine. You know, that's and like them and they're I don't dislike them as much as like Lamp of Murmur, at least the last mm-hmm. or like, but kind of the same thing. That other band, um, it's like Ebony Pendant is another one that's gotten some buzz. But it's you know is that the fun. is that the Napoleon no I'm I'm confusing that's, them with somebody uh, else never mind that's departure chandelier yeah that's the which they just but, released a new album but that that guy's care. behind I that didn't band like that. I thought it was boring yeah, you guys are all Holder fans right yeah I, I, she was I would really say good that live. Yeah. I but, okay. but Holder okay. Holder is an exception for me and not the rule and I'm still trying to figure out what it is about it that is the exception. <laughs> Like, okay. I don't know why I like it more than other stuff that sounds like it. I just kind of do. Yes, And I think <laughs> in a week, has you're about to, to be able my to... first exposure to Holder's music being seeing her play live. Because live, it was really cool. Okay. In in about a week, you're going to get to re- you know reassess your opinion on it. I, yeah, I will. I will. I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to it. Yeah, the, the couple songs from the new album, like, I think... You know, the songs themselves are good, but at least like in terms of the sound of the production, I think it's one of the best um, examples in recent memory of like evoking that sound of like the 90s. It sounds very 90s, but not in just like a ripping off way. Uh, just whatever they did with the mixing, it sounds great. Like it's very, you know, dense. And, you know, this is like, you know, one of the truest albums I've heard in recent memory. And it comes from someone, you know, who up gets uh, shit for not being true enough for you know obvious reasons yeah i wonder why the black metal community i wonder but, what it is that that makes people upset at this band yeah but yeah look at, okay, looking well, forward to that album well like does like in the night side eclipse hold any special place for you no. guys really does, not for i i wow. avoid that album like the plague for yeah, yeah because you know, Vince, you know why i asked because these are like in this subgenre these are like the foundations in oh, the nightside eclipse and in that word has been um, stuck in my head since you used that reference the other day by the way i've been trying to use that in every phrase <laughs> go ahead I, in the nightside eclipse is a bad album to pick as a uh, as a point of reference for me because <laughs> i have different reasons than other people okay. maybe for not wanting to listen I got to you. that album <laughs> okay. if well, you if you catch my meaning i got you i got you well, the I, same reason I tend to avoid dissections music like the plague, well, not only because I think that they're an awful band who's completely one of the no, most. Well, this is the emperor. Al- this is the emperor album. The in the yeah. night side. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm also I, not generally a fan of symphonic stuff all that much. Okay, it, like it, like I I yeah. If I'm going emperor, it's usually I can't even think of the last time I actually listened to an emperor yeah. album. Now that I've I'm racking my brain. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I do really love that album, but I've I've always had problems with uh, the production. Not because you know, obviously it's it's just so dense that like I wasn't able to pick out some of the really cool stuff on that until I listened to the live Inferno version when they mm-hmm. played in Vakken in yeah. two thousand seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that really made the music a lot better. And I don't even listen to the original mix of In the Nightside Eclipse ever. I listen to like the quote-unquote alternate mix that got released on one of the later versions because the keys are a lot better like there's a lot more prominent keys and it's just the mixing you're able to pick out a lot more but yeah i mean at least for me i still love a lot of the like early 90s stuff you know day mystery satanas uh uh and blaze in northern sky mm-hmm. you know early enslaved and stuff like yeah. that but well yeah. thank you for educating uh me and our listeners about now i can recommend 
years documenting black metal as a research outlet for, <laughs> for subcultures. We can understand why these albums are in fact a seminal foundation for the genre. However, now we have better modern versions of those albums. They can be looked at just as an example of what it was back then. They should not be held to the standard that we have for other now. And I think, that, I think that the other important context to remember is that a lot of these quote-unquote foundational black metal albums were made by broke 15-year-olds. Correct. Yeah, that's these a good point. were not people who had the budget <laughs> to do like expensive studio quality recordings. These were recorded with pieces of shit that they literally picked off of garbage piles because they were broke 15-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ian, oh, go I, ahead, I, buddy. I still oh, had a few. Colin, more I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, that, Colin, was got a little me, that was supposed to be me shooping it over to Colin because I'm, so, I'm done. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go, <laughs> go, go ahead, buddy. Into it. Yeah. Uh, so Vim on the DVD mentioned that. Infernal Sea mentioned that. Um, what am I, uh, another thing that's a couple surprise drops from uh, my, well, I guess I'll say my second favorite summoning clone-esque band after Caladan Brood is a Norwegian band called Erdal Ur. They dropped uh, two surprise EPs at once uh, early this month. Unfortunately, Is that a Lord of the Rings bad guy? It sure sounds like it if it's not. They, it, <laughs> for them, it's like their own thing. They've got their own like mythology. It's probably one of those you know not uncommon things where like they have their own D&D campaign yeah. and then they just make music for it. But um, in this case, these were not ended up being black metal albums they're just straight up dungeon synth but um Ooh. But, yeah two, it's uh Karond Ur is one they're both two it's two one track only EPs of like it's like 30 40 minutes total the first uh -huh. one's called Karond Ur and then the second one's called Protector of the North uh dungeon synth is one of those genres where I'm like I only really listen to it like when it's incorporated with black metal I don't listen to it much on its own so I don't have a great frame of reference for like what's good or not but I guess what's good for dungeon synth is just does it make you feel like you're in some sort of fantasy realm on some sort of adventure and uh these two uh eps do that so i'd say they are probably pretty good dungeon synth um only a couple more things left january wasn't a crazy month i did listen to just uh just as a sort of uh just listening to it because I'm a 20 bucks spin fan. I listened to that Dissimulator album, Lower Form Resistance. Not totally my thing, but it's very well done. Uh, it's basically like all of Cathalist minus Phil Tugas um, doing tech death slash tech thrash. Why doesn't Phil need another band? He's right? only in 17 other ones. I mean, to be fair, that his soloing would kind of like would not fit with this band. <laughs> but it, but yeah, it's a... Solid tech thrash, kind of early tech death, tech thrash, if that's your thing. Um, the last thing I've got is a side project of one Aaron Charles of Falls of Raros. It is a band called Rune. Uh, that is indeed a Lord of the Rings reference, referring to the land of the Easterlings, because it's spelled with the Rune, spelled with the R-H-U-N, and the U has the little hat on top. Uh, so it's Rune, Conveyance, and Death. Uh, this is sort of like, it's not black and death metal, but rather, I guess, like death and black metal. Um, and it's so it's Aaron Charles on everything, and then um, drumming is done by uh, Ray Capizzo from also from Falls of Raros and Live Panopticon, which Aaron Charles is also the live guitarist for Panopticon. Um, yeah, this is just this solid, you know, pretty. He, he, I think he called it like more psychedelic black metal or whatever. But uh, if you haven't checked this one out, Vince, you'd probably like it. I got some yellow eyes vibes from it you know but. what was happening i i heard that that album was going to come out and like 
I kept checking to see if it had been released yet, and eventually I kind of forgot about it. So yeah, I only listened to it like a couple of days ago because of that, because it first got announced like probably like yeah, the it was middle announced of last a while year. ago, and I yeah. kept checking to see if it was out yet because I'm like, oh yeah, it's the Falls of Raros guys doing something else. Uh, it doesn't look like it's on Spotify, so I'm gonna have to do like a Bandcamp search. Yeah. But uh, worth checking out. It's not the greatest thing in the world, but it's pretty There's very solid. little that the dudes from Falls of Railroads do that I won't stand. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's that's all I've got for January. Not a crazy month, but I mean, just look at, you know, January of uh, last year. You know, I was looking like back at what we were, you know, look at our top album or, you know, our albums of the month for last year. January, Ahab. February, Ulthar. March, Enslaved. And then like none of those ended up on our like on really anybody's year endless except for enslaved and me so just the just the way that it goes yep well ian hit us with your january all right yeah i like many other people here i'm sure uh don't have from january to talk about although it wasn't exactly it wasn't exactly a dry uh it actually started off with something the first week of january that I thought was really killer, and that was a new EP from Escuela Grind in their, uh, another in their series of homages, the genres that, 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 they're, that influence them. Um, this one's called Death Metal, spelled D-D-E-E-A-A-T-T-H-H-M-M-E-A-A-L-L, uh, and that's the, the third in a trilogy that also includes similarly spelled as titled Power Violence and Grindcore, uh, but this is their love letter to death metal, and it feels Barney Greenway on one track. So, you mm. know, Escuela Grind are blowing up. They actually were touring with Vitriol not that long ago, um, and I'm super pissed that I didn't get to see um, But yeah, they're they're blowing up. Memory Theater came out. Was that last year ago? It couldn't have been. It couldn't have been last year because because I would have shit. Memory Theater's so good. It's so good. Um, and I think it's the album that is now pushing them forward into into the the collective conscious. They're going to be household. And this EP fucking rips. It's four songs. They're having the time of their lives. They're doing it big. Barty Greenway's there. It's it's really awesome. It's a great party EP if that makes sense. Ooh. <laughs> It's just fun to listen. Yeah, Memory Theater came out in 2020. Um, but yeah, no, uh, the death metal EP from Escuela Grind is, is awesome. Um, I also, Angela and I both really liked uh, Obsidian Re album. Listen to that together in the car a lot. Um, and it's... Tell them tell who put you onto that shit. Yeah, it was you. <laughs> you Goddamn right. Yeah, you said to Angela, I think you'll like this album. And Angela was driving, so she picked the music. And it was good. I really liked it. I like I like the fact that they said this is Screamo meets Black Metal meets Boards of Canada, which is a name I have not heard in a very long time, but I really liked the ambient stuff that was on that. I thought that was uh I thought that was really interesting. And it's it's heavier than your average Screamo album, but more whiny than your average black metal album, and I like that. I like both of those things. Yep. And they had a song with Greek death and I really like them. And that was very good. <laughs> so yeah. Thank you for when, the recommendation. Ben. When are we getting another Greek death I album? Know, please. I know. Lord, please. Uh, I also, Chris would be remiss if we didn't shout out the more dying album because 
all about the I listened to it. I thought it was I thought it was good. I'm not overly familiar with Lord Dying, but I liked what I heard. Chris basically called this his album of the year. I don't know that it's gonna be that for me, but we would be remiss if we didn't shout it out. Uh and it I think it's good. It's it's solid, but um after I listened to that after I listened to Vitriol, and if you listen to anything after you the Vitriol album. It feels like you're trying to wade through peanut butter. Everything feels very slow and very purposeless. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I have to come back to it. Maybe it'll have a deep impact on me if I, you know, sleep on it and, and listen to it with fresh ears. Um, and then the, the last album that I would like to talk about is from one from a, a twofer that Anton wrote about. Uh, and that is Cognizant Fantasian, uh, which is Tech Death. So... You already know who's going to like it and who's going to not appreciate it. I thought it was good. I thought it was really solid tech death. Again, I'm not overly familiar with Cognizance, but if, if Anton writes about something, I'm probably going to go and, and check it out. And it's very solid tech death. Album the album cover artwork, of the year. <laughs> the album artwork is a, a choice for sure. Mm-hmm. That uh, uh, Terry Jones-ass Monty Python interlude sketch type beat with a little octopus guy. I do think that that is somebody in the band's like little kid drew that and was like, he said, Hey man, if you clean your room every day this week, we'll put your drawing on the album. And, and he did. Goddamn. I didn't think the kid would actually do it, but he cleaned his room every day this week. Shit. Now we got to put this little octopus on our album somewhere. Um, I don't know. He's smiling. He's happy. He's a little guy. That album's really good. I, I liked it a lot. That's pretty much all I got for Jim. Okay. Angela. I just have two. Um, One of the reviews I wrote up this month was for a band called Slower, um, and it's their self-titled debut. And it is awesome. It's doomed out Slayer covers. So Slayer songs played slower, you see. Um, And it's great. It has members of other bands, including um, Monolord and You're the Cobra and Lowrider. and has two female vocalists, which I really that love. That sounds so. fun as hell. It's so great. It's so great. And I really hope that they do more. <laughs> so, yeah, because it, it's 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 only a couple tracks, but it's so good. It's really well good done. Good choices of yeah, songs, really too. My yep. favorites. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that one's awesome. Everybody should check that out. Um, and then, not metal, but adjacent-ish is um, a goth band called Twin Tribes. They have a new album called Pendulum. Um, That's really, really good. I really like this. I think this is one of their best. It's their, I think it's their fourth album. Um, And it's very good. So yeah, if you like dark, synthy, gothy stuff, check out Twin Tribes. And then that's all I got. Not to be confused with Twin Temple, which is another goth band. (laughs) That is exactly who I was confusing them with. And then I looked them up on Spotify just now and I'm like, ah, this is not what I was thinking of. But I'm very enamored with the look that they are presenting in these promo pictures. I think 2024 is solidly starting off as the year of the drip and I'm into it. So I will check that out. Vince, can I see you come on the pod one time with just a dagger Earring on, please. Yes, yes. You have no idea. You have no idea how much I actually, actually want that. I just want to see. Sorry, just with one. I got just, I got just with one. Just the one. Just the one. Just the one. Just the one. That's like that. I'm going to. I'm manifesting that. All I need is to find a place to get pierced, and I will do that. Just not even kidding. 
That's one of my goals for 2024. <laughs> just the one. Okay. Um, I just have a couple. January was a slow month. There's a band I've been trying to tell everybody about uh, who will listen. There's a Century Media artist by the band Upon Stone and their album Dead Mother Moon. This is just a, uh, I don't want to say run-of-the-mill death metal album, but it's a death metal album, and it's done really well. I like it, kid. It's typical Buke review. I like it. It's good. If you like what I like, check it out. Um, I, I saw that tagged as melodic death metal. Is that how mm-hmm. you would describe it? Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing super heavy, nothing super, super soft. It's just pretty death metal, what you get in 2024. Nothing all super right. heavy. All right. Um. For all my prog fans, this album is a masterpiece. I can't say it's my album of the year because it's only February 4th right now. But Caligula's Horse released an album, Charcoal Grace, that came out January 26th. That is... Have I listened to the album yet? No. Did I tell Buke about it? Yeah. <laughs> Hera, this thing is... I heard the single and she said, oh, I've heard it. Check the album out. Oh, I've been a fan of this band since their 2015 album, Bloom. And then their 2017 album, In Contact. These guys keep getting better and better. One of the best. I, I have bands not out. listened to Caligula's Horse in a long time, but I really liked them. I, My I friend. Kind of for, I kind of forgot about them. Oh. I shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have. You should not have done that, buddy. Another one. Uh, when you are doing hobbies and uh, you need to set up some music to just take you away and I have really been on a fucking like weed eater kick recently and um uh dope lord. I've just been man, I've been going down some I've been going down some rabbit holes, my friends. This band, I just had it and I just lost it with my stupid fingers. Let me get it back again. This album is the band is Slift. S-L-I-F-E, and their album, Ilion, if that's saying it correctly, I-L-I-O-N. Drawing a, I'm going to look up where this band is from because I want to give them their time in the spotlight right now, and they're not on Metal Archives. Oh, well. Um, good album. Uh, check it out. It's uh, a nice stoner metal, stoner rock sound. It's really cool. Now we will get into our other recommendations. Other things we've been into. How have we spent New Year's? How did we spend January? Hera, what do you have, so my I friend? I have a video game and three books. Of one of, we'll only talk about one of them. Uh, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the thing I have not been shutting up about since I played this game and finished it in early January. And that's Alan Wake. I know it did not win Game of the Year, but damn, did that performance. Um. If you wanted horror in your in your game, Alan Wake 2's got it. I got jump scared in the first five minutes of the game. And I played both Mute Game and New Game Plus. And let me tell you, it's a, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, so much so that I planned the shit out of it, as my friends here can attest. And I can't wait for DLC. Please give me DLC. I need. Um, as for books, the only book I want to talk about is called The Devil and the Dark Water by Stuart Turton. It is a locked room mystery on a boat. What happens if you put in a bunch of people, a bunch of rich people and a leper in close quarters? Mayhem. If that doesn't get you on the road to starting this book, uh, this book had me gripped on my flight to um, New York. And uh, it, the ending is damn excellent. The way that they have it done, great. 
that's my only recommendations. That's all I've got for you. Vince? Here, uh, quickly, quickly, I have to ask, uh, mm-hmm. how much does Alan Wake 1 play into 2? I know, obviously, they can't expect you people to go back and play the first one. So, so, you know, some things have to carry over. Well, here's the thing. You do not need, I personally feel that you don't need to play Alan Wake 1 to play Alan Wake. We all know what happens in Alan Wake 1. I feel like you would be more inclined. You should play probably Control better just because a character from that's been mentioned shows up. But in the from Alan Wake One to Alan Wake Two, you don't. I feel like you kind of just need to know the basics of what happened Alan Wake One to play Alan. You do not need to play Alan Wake One to play Alan. Yeah. I mean, that's my. I, people feel okay. differently. That's how I feel about it. Okay, Vince, your turn. Looking quickly through my Spotify, a band came up, and I wanted to ask you: Do you know of, or are you a fan of the band Jesus Peace? I know of them. Brutal I band, have band. amazing opinions live, on their on their discography. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everybody seemed to really like the last album that they put out. I didn't because it is the kind of hardcore that is starting to tread into new metal worship. And there is mm-hmm. absolutely nothing on this earth that I hate with a violent burning passion more than new metal. So I pieced out from that. Um, but more power to them if they're doing something that makes them happy. Ian, is that because is that because he already exhausted yeah, all the yeah. okay. all the new metal vince that he he has uh, and he we are not going to get into the discussion of my history with new metal. Out, it's complicated and it treads into dangerous territory <laughs> i wrongly disagree in the in no uncertain terms i have no idea what the fuck you're smoking when you said so unknown is new metal work yeah i didn't I understand what I, you're yeah. smoking it's i, don't, a, think, I, I just... don't think you and i were listening to the same album at all <laughs> well <clears throat> It happens. Wow. That one that one was on my list of albums that I missed in 2020. I that's why hey, yeah, that's why I was giving you a tip of the cap because it was yeah. in my uh it was I in didn't my list. Care there, for yeah. it. Okay. Vince, what do you have, buddy? Uh Re- other video wrecks. game recommendation, but probably not Ooh. the one that you think. Uh because January finally brought us the game that I have been clamoring, frothing at the mouth over for months now. Uh, I couldn't ask you of, Friday fast the enough. Of, the release of Tekken 8. And guess what? I didn't buy it. Because you know what else January brought us? My fucking dishwasher isn't working. So now I gotta pay out my ass for that. And January brought us a fuck ton of rain. Which means that the breadwinner of our household is not working currently. So it's terrific. I don't have my video game budget for Tekken 8. But I do have video game budget for Cult of the Lamb which because of its new DLC, I have been dipping into and having a ton of fun with. Great game, buddy. Do you... Very, very solid brain shutting off at the end of the day kind of fun. You do your mindless farming tasks, you beat up some heretics, you ascend the path to godhood, and you're a cute little sheep while you do it. It's awesome. Yeah, I was about to ask you, how are you for your little minions? Do you rule with the iron hand iron fist no we're doing or... the we're going all in on the sex cult thing i just enabled uh <laughs> my followers to marry me <laughs> was the last oh, thing okay. the last thing that i did so i am okay. i am betrothed in the game uh to a guy that i felt sorry for because the last thing that happened to him was he got sick for three days because someone was like hey you should make this guy eat a bowl of poop or you lose 25 faith 
it would be so funny if you did that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I don't want to lose 25 faith. And then the guy was like, ha, wasn't it so funny that this guy got sick for three days and wasn't able to do any work? You should make him eat another bowl of poop. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. So I married him instead because I felt bad for him. (laughs) I think I gave a lamb PTSD from too many piles of piss all over my thing like it's, he was like it is wild like how shaking. many people in this like, game are so eager to eat poop and make other people eat poop and i'm just like bro what are you doing like i know that we're like a pseudo like satanic cult but like my god have some decency like average <laughs> cult activity it's a fun game it's a it very fun, fun game it i'm having fun. a great time colin all right um I have a board game recommendation. It's not a game that I've had the chance to play yet because it's unfortunately requires four to seven people, but it is perhaps uh, now the most tasteless uh, game in my board game collection. It is called Storm the Capital Insurrection in a Box. (laughs) This is a game that came out uh, just this uh, month with the help of uh, one of my favorite podcasts called Truanon. Um, It is... A game in which uh, one person plays as the Capitol Police and three to uh, three to f- six people play as uh, patriots trying to get ballots so that uh, uh, so that uh, President Trump can win the election. And I have just taken a look at it so far. I haven't had a chance to play, but it looks very funny. Um, you take hostages as the patriots. Um, there's a lot of fun events that'll be like, you know, It'll you'll pull this event card. It'll say, you know, type Patriot into your phone. Whoever has the most, you know, uh, into the messages on your phone, whoever has the most uh, Patriot messages in their phone, you know, get plus one health or whatever. Uh, very fun. Very silly. I'm excited to give it um, a try when I can. The next time if you le- the- if 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 you lead the QAnon shaman through the halls, plus three mana. Basically, yeah, he is one of the characters. Uh, the of six patriots. Yeah, there's can, a. Can I, uh, can I be John Schaefer? Unfor- there is not. Unfortunately, there is not a John Schaefer, but there's one that just is like one of the patriot characters. His name is just Maga Rocker. He doesn't look like John Schaefer, but I could it's, just put his face on yeah, it. Yeah, inspired by. Yeah, that is still one of the greatest moments of my whole life is seeing him on just TV before the, he was identified. I'm like, absolute- wait a minute. That's John Schaefer. And it was like, it was just, it was because it was, it was people that I know. It was the one time, the one time Metal Twitter's ever been useful is like seeing those like AP press photos and everyone's like, hey, I know that asshole. That's John Schaefer. Yeah, there's so many layers. The fact that if he was wearing a mask, he wouldn't have been identified. The fact that he was the first one to squeal to the feds. Ah, oh, just oh, God, chef's he kiss. Flipped the mickiest mouse. Yep. God. Yeah. So very. Uh, so the some of the char- some of the patriot characters. Uh, there's there's Karen. There's Mima. If you remember the the Mima, who wasn't even at January sixth. She was at like in like Missouri or something like that. But she just got lumped in. Uh, there's a guy. There's a QAnon grandpa looking guy. Uh, you've got a proud boy. You've got yeah. I you know who I would else. throw in just as a random bonus throwback character. Do you remember when Trump won the election? The scr- the crying, screaming girl out front of the White House who like was yelling, like mm-hmm. like yeah. arms up in the air. Like there are so many ways you could go with this. You could go like uh uh you know uh wacko conspiracy far right wing 
old grandma at home. You, there's so many characters you could go with this. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's um, yeah, it's uh, uh, it looks very fun. I'm very excited to check this one out. Um, well, since we're a week away from the biggest football day of the year, I uncovered. I forgot that I had this. I don't know if anyone ever played. It's called Classic oh. Football Two. Oh my god, I love that yeah. buddy. Yeah, so I've been playing this a little bit. That's been a lot of fun. Uh, very, you know, my dad remembers playing like the original versions of this back in the seventies. So in this version itself, I believe we, yeah, this is uh, 2002 was when we got this or when this one was made. So they, even this one goes for like 50, hundred bucks on online right now, which is pretty cool. Um, and the last thing I had, I'd mentioned this before, but, um, I've been playing, I've still been playing a lot of clone hero. So now there's a lot of, uh, there's now like a dozen enslaved songs that have been put on. So that's pretty cool. And since you were talking about Kalma earlier, I looked them up on the, like, you know, the website where you get all these songs from and there's like 43 Kalma songs. So I downloaded all of those. So I'm going to have a lot of fun playing that. Yeah. It's fun to, you know, there's lots of really cool tech death songs. Like I've been listening to a lot of the tech death that I listened to when I was, you know, in early college years, like Spawn of Possession and stuff. Uh, get it's re-experiencing this music through clone heroes been, been okay. a blast guys watch once the logos on his shirt start taking a more mathematical shift then we, we know we then we him. know we got him then we know once they stop once they stop looking gonna, like twigs gonna blow some blow some dust off of that planetary duality shirt <laughs> oh yeah i do have that one somewhere i know like, you do i yeah. know you do I, vince he has that what an oh, excellent yeah. tidbit you gave me buddy oh yeah. yes oh yeah Every, is... excellent blackmail material uh, yes yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean, like, Planetary Duality is not even the most embarrassing faceless album. Autotheism is far and away oh, the most God. embarrassing faceless album you could be because it Are... sucks on every level. Like at least Planetary Duality was about something fun, you yeah. know. Autotheism and not was just in this like <laughs> in AI this moment, generated our atheism posts set to some of the most ass churning well, music you've oh ever god heard. i you're just bringing me back now when he ripped off devin townsend uh he ripped off uh the mighty masturbator the he had the exact same like arpeggiated thing going on in one of the autotheism songs that was like did anyone else see that and thankfully people did recognize that he was just ripping off devin townsend with that uh album and it's like yeah aside from the fact that it was that you remember the classic post the, the reddit atheism post the in this moment i am euphoric mm -hmm thing yep. it's just that put into it's an album that, set to just the most garbage music imaginable the yeah. blackest mark on evan brewer's career <laughs> oh definitely yeah r.i.p the faceless i don't even know what's happening with Evan. oh i was yeah, actually... i mean they did a reunion they did a reunion not that long ago they didn't and... play music but yeah. they did something they were on stage and then uh <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, funny enough, when I uh, went to a show earlier this year, um, the former drummer for Rings of, what was, yeah, he was in Rings, Rings of Saturn, Saturn, I think, as Aaron Stakonner. He went to Cal State Long Beach. I met him at Cal State Long Beach a few times, and then I would just see him at shows. Like, we went, and him and I actually saw, like, carpool together to Devin Townsend and Gojira, like, over 10 years ago. But I saw him, he was uh, working the bar at the observatory in Santa Ana. And I was talking to him. It was after that faceless video came out. Cause he went up on stage and was just like playing drums to like, right. That was him. Yeah. Yeah. Cause and they had like, to do something. Yeah. And he was, I was talking to him about that and he's like, yeah, I wasn't even in any bands that day. I just went up on stage just to like 
you know, riff and kill time and whatever, because Michael Keane was going off the rails. Yeah, it's just yeah. nuts. <laughs> yep. So. They got one of the dudes from Black Crown Initiate singing them now. Really? Yeah. Doing uh, what? They're not playing shows. They got uh, him. writing music. They, you know what the worst thing about that was? They got him and then Black Crown Initiate said that the band. Yeah. And now one of the dudes from so, Black Crown uh, is in yeah. uh, Rivers of Nile. Yeah. And another one's in The Faceless. I don't know what happened to the other dudes. They're doing something. They're well, yeah, not, that... not doing anything with Black Crown, though. So oh. um, fuck you guys. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think, well, after that whole uh, incident with the Black Crown Initiate vocalist and that audiobook that he was a part of that was, like, uh, uh, sketchy, to say the least, and then he said, oh, I didn't actually know what I was doing an audiobook about, uh, that I, that band kind of fell off for me. I mean, I I wasn't, a f- I, I missed all of that because I'm not really a big fan of it. I missed, but... I knew about that, did not know it was an audiobook thing. And uh, I didn't I know, know what the book Damn. was about. I didn't know what it was the topic about, but it, is it the same reason why we have to jump off the bandwagon of a lot of artists? Yeah. Yeah, it was something like whatever it's called, like Operation Werewolf, kind of like mix, right. yeah. mix of like bodybuilding, but also bodybuilding uh, cert- for white supremacists. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the, yeah. The Black Crown Initiative vocalist uh, did yeah. the audiobook for that and was like, "I didn't... sorry, bodybuilding for white supremacists and Volon." Wait, yeah. you're reading. You're reading through a. Even I, who don't read, I don't need to have all the books behind Angela to understand if I'm doing an audiobook. I, you pretty much know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's not a it it's a a flimsy excuse to say the least. Of course, of course <laughs> it is. Of course it is ridiculous. Am I sad about this? Absolutely. Well, you know what? Maybe if you would have been better on stage, uh, you wouldn't have uh, ended up here. I I joke. I kid. I kid. Also, uh, uh, the Crippled Bull EP was the best thing they put out, so they peaked instantly, in my opinion. To me, Black Crown, their debut was a fucking thing of beauty. Ian, anything else for for you, buddy? Not anything else, but anything for you. Angela and I have been redoubling our efforts more. Um, and the way we decided we were going to get ourselves back into reading is to start with comic books. So I actually have a couple of comic books that I started reading. One of them is Umbrella Academy, because I'm finally getting around to reading Umbrella Academy. Um, unfortunately, I'm not in love with it like I thought I was going to be. It's got, for me, very weird pacing. And I don't normally mind when it drops you in the middle of stuff and says, here, you figure it out. But there is something about the the figure it out for yourself style storytelling that um, Umbrella Academy is using that's not quite gelling with as much as I would like. But I am willing to give it more time to grow on. I got the first two trade paperbacks from the library. Tomorrow we're going to the library. I will probably get the next. Um, but the other comic series that I started that I'm definitely going to go back and get more paperbacks from is called Sex Criminals. It's... Uh, Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky. Um, and it is, I I love it. I think it's great. Um, basically, it's uh, about a woman who realizes very early on in her life that she can make time stop when she orgasm. Um, and she ends up meeting someone else has the same power that she does, having gone almost all of her life at that point thinking that she's the only person to do something and the two of them very quickly figure out that they are far from the only people who can who can do um and that's kind of where i'm at right now but it's so fucking funny like matt fraction is such a funny 
writer. And I love a lot of stuff that he does. Um, and it's very well done. Like, it's obviously got a lot of, like, erotic elements to it, but nothing ever feels over the top. Like, it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel like a porno mag, right? It doesn't feel like sex is the point. Sex is part of the... So I don't feel dirty reading it in bed next to Angela. Like, she's going to look over and see what I'm reading and, and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't feel hey, like I have to hey, hide in the bathroom. Like <laughs> Ian, Ian, let me tell you, buddy. Somebody who's been married... Oh, I, I was going to say married twice, but that doesn't look good. Somebody who's been <laughs> married now to the love of my life for a there couple years and with there her for five years. Own it. Own it. <laughs> Own it. If reading that comic book in bed and you're looking at some weird naked cyborg alien dude, own it. Own it. Own it. Because well, you know what? Because you know what? That's going to allow Angela to own it when she's into like some weird witch. Get Angela, get Angela to read stuff. Saga. Oh, yeah. I, that, just, dude, yeah. I just texted Ian going tomorrow. Saga Volume One. I, I have, just yeah. read yeah. Saga. Saga is awesome. Yeah. I have Saga. I have Saga One through Four. Okay, I was waiting for you to shut up yeah. so I could say Saga, 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 yeah, Saga, yeah. Saga. I, I have Saga One through Four, and unfortunately, the library also has Saga One through Four, but they don't have anything after that. Okay, so I I have yet to continue the Saga of Saga, but okay. holy shit, what a fucking comic book! Uh, Amazing. Did Amazing. I hold on? I have to go run and grab something real quick. Yep. Okay. Well, while while he's gone, uh, with comics, do you guys like look at the lion cat as he's back? As I tried to stall for time, he's back with his nice lion cat. I have my Funko I have pop. My lion cat Funko pop. That is awesome, buddy. Yes. That is Saga is a great yeah, read. Truly, truly one of the best comics out there. Can't yeah. recommend it enough. Would also say strongly recommend Sex Criminal. For me, the jury is still out on Umbrella Academy, but I'm for Gerard's sake, I'm willing to give it more time. This will grow on me. There's and I recommend I... another series to you. Check out Chew. 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 It is. It is a guy who works for almost like the FBI. CIA, DEA, but he works for, I forget, the FDA, I think it is, I think, or some department like that. He's a homicide investigator, and he in he gets visions by eating a piece of the victim. <laughs> so he'll go on a crime scene. If he eats a piece of beef like a burger, he sees that death that the cow went through, like oh. the cow getting slaughtered. So if somebody's killed, he eats a little piece of them. He see great, little great A little bit of six feet under vibes. The the yep. TV show, not the band. Don't, exactly. Don't at yes. Me, Chris Barnes. <laughs> he heard that. Chances are better than not that Chris Barnes already has you blocked, so it doesn't matter. I jokes on him. I don't have a Twitter, so. But uh, Chew is a good one. Uh, nice right. that you're getting into uh, comics, buddy. Oh yeah. And the library has many of them because they, you know, they want to get people there. Yeah, it's great. I, I, the one thing uh, above all else, a long time ago, a wise man once told me having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. And I, I live, I, I feel, I felt that shit. I live by that. I was the opposite. The library card is the definition of not fun. But again, I'm here with all college educated people and I'm the idiot here. So, Angela, your turn, my friend. What other recommendations do you have, buddy? 
First of all, you're not an idiot. Just oh, we we, we all joke. We joke. Go <laughs> go ahead, buddy. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Library. So if you're gonna go get, you know, you don't like books. There's other things for there's you. I got music yeah. from there too. Come yeah, on now. That's very true. Um, I have some books I've read. Um, and my first book of the year I really loved. It's called Crying in H Mart, and it's by Michelle Michelle Zahner. Um, it's I've a heard a lot of good things about that book. It's so good and she's the uh lead singer of japanese breakfast um is a band that i really love um it is heartbreaking it's beautiful it's really well written it's just it was a great read so i i highly recommend is it that. fiction i thought that was her like memoir ish it's her memoir yeah. okay cool yeah um and just yeah spoiler alert it's about her mom dying and having um and trigger warning there too so but it's it's just it's so well done um and just yeah a really beautiful book um and then another book i read is how to sell a haunted house by grady hendrix i don't know if any of you have ever read any of his books so weird his books are so weird but they're so good i have um, so many of his books and i haven't read any of them but they're on the uh, list i've read almost all of them at this point um because they're just wild they're weird and they're addicting like this i just like fly through his books and they're um Mm -hmm. so this one is a lot of haunted dolls and puppets it's very creepy um and very weird but just a a good fun read um (laughs) so which is how i would describe all of his books so i think i have like one or two left of his to read before i'm caught up on like everything that he's written um but yeah um okay my friend uh a couple of video games have been already mentioned and i'm gonna mention one there's a a term that i love in video games you know with all these subgenres of games you know i've been gaming my whole life at at 41 right now i am lifelong gamer i i grew up the the quake the unreal tournament the doom the shooters I, i am a shooter fan first and foremost and there was a game developed by trigger happy interactive published by Apogee, which is Apogee of uh, Commander Keen uh, fame. They released a game, as the kids call it today, which I love, the Boomer Shooter, called Turbo Overkill. Where if you think Boomer Shooter, you think before the days of mouse aiming where you could look up and down, you know, just point your camera and that's where you were shooting, like from your Duke Nukem's. Well, this is by those people, and it's a shooter that takes decades worth of quality of life features and improvements and stuff and it stays true to the quakes and the dooms and it has those old retro graphics like that but modern mobility elements modern uh like quality of life features again with ammo and weapons and uh modern features you see in games with like weapon customizations and horde modes and user created levels so this is very rarely do you see games on the uh pressure cooker that is the steam reviews very rarely do you see a game get overwhelmingly positive and this is one of those rare games that uh on all reviews is overwhelmingly positive so this is turbo overkill and since it's not a triple a title you can get this uh for 24 dollars, 25 bucks on steam so i highly recommend and it's on consoles too but that's turbo overkill and that is my recommendation 
I tell you guys, that will do it for our January 2024. You know, I have been doing nine circles here with you guys since I got 2018, 2019. You guys are doing it already before that. And where does time go, guys? Wow. I mean, I, I love that first podcast that smell. No, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Ian, that's, that's a good point. Because, you know, this brings us a whole new year of discovery, 2024. You know, this really could be the evolution of Colin. Because he did say he started watching what we do in the shadows. Like, this could be the transition into, like, he goes from, like, a black metal vampire to, like, a tech vampire before our eyes. Like, who knows? Who knows? The chances are slim, but you never know. <laughs> the chances are slim, but not zero. <laughs> exactly. And not, not zero. I will guarantee you, though, what's not zero, Hera and I will have another show coming up on this channel at some point. Yeah. That's not. That is not a zero, my friend. That is no cap. That is no cap. That's on God for real, for real. That's Gucci. That's bussin' bussin', I tell you. I feel, I don't know about y'all, but I feel old, and I'm almost the youngest one here. My nine-year-old would be, like, slinking out of the room in disgust I understand now now my parents' impetus to, like, parrot the slang language that we use in a way that is, like, intentionally bad, because it is very funny. Can I tell you? It's the best part of my day. Yeah, it's very funny. I, I I take back everything that I said about my parents when they would do shit like that to me because it's hilarious. Yeah, I have already had my wife and daughter, my wife and daughter, look at me numerous times for jokes I've said, but I get the dad joke now. The dad joke is they really not. Are, they really are yeah. so funny. But you know, but the thing is, the dad jokes aren't second nature, Vince. It's like the dad jokes are natural. I'm saying what I naturally think is funny. And that's what makes it so painfully worse. We went to get ice cream a couple months ago and I got this because it looked good. This Graham cookie ice cream. And it was called Graham central station. And as I was about to pull away, I said to the kid, thank you. Now departing Graham central station. And I started laughing and the kid looked at me and he was like, thanks. You're like, so I right, thought, though. I thought that You're was so the f- right, though. Yes. I literally thought that was the funniest thing. Now, Brianna, every time she's like, we talk, she's like, are we going to go to Graham Central Station, Dad? I thought that was genuinely hilarious. No, hey, it truly is. The, it truly is the children. Is though. This now? Graham Station? Okay, that will do it. I'm taking the podcast to Graham Central Station now. For Hera, for Vince, for Colin, for Ian and Angela, I am Buke. Continue to be safe. We love you. NineCircles.co for all these awesome reviews. Our socials, our Facebook, our Instagram, wherever we're at. Check us out and find us. Until next time, see ya.